Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. First John chapter 2, verse number 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Marsha Show, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Slipped up our voices as we sing hymn number 31, He Lives.
once again, we'll sing Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.
would stand once again. We'll sing hymn number five, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. That's your prayer today. You may be seated. Well, amen. It's good to have you with us today. We have many guests with us. We thank you for coming and being uh, with us. It's good to have the New Kirks from Atlanta, and uh, good to have you guys in and visiting. They were church members, and uh, they didn't get right with God, and they moved on. I'm teasing. But they live down in Atlanta. They deserve a lot of prayer living down in that rat race. But uh, it's good to have them here. It's good to have Christine uh, here to help her mom and dad uh, load this week. And they'll be moving, so it's good to have them. Uh, it's our honor to have uh, with us the Royce. Uh, Brother John preached at the Recharge. We're just coming off of a big men's event that we help host every year. We had 
540, I think, at the event. It was just a wonderful, wonderful two days, uh, a lot of great preaching, and Brother Roy was one of those, and I uh, asked him if he would stay and preach for our church, and uh, so he had agreed to do that. His lovely wife, Rachel, has joined him. Uh, she spoke in Chicago while he was speaking in, with us uh, men. She was in Chicago, and she came in last night, and so uh, asked that they would sing, and then he's going to preach for us, okay? So you guys come. When I think of... Sorry, can I start that over? <laughs> I saw the words back up there, and that wasn't the song we were singing, so we'll start it. When I think of all my faults and my failures, when I consider all the times I've let God down. I am humbled by the grace He has extended. I'm amazed at the mercy I have found. I could never earn His love on my own. Every time I come before His throne, I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the great I Am. When He looks at me, He sees a nail-scarred hands that bought my liberty. I stand redeemed. Even at my best, I am unworthy. I have nothing precious I can give. A broken life is all I have. a priceless gift to him. The bitter mark of sin will never fade away, but I can come before him unashamed. I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand before the great I am. When he looks at me, 
He sees the nail-scarred hands that bought my liberty. I stand redeemed. I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the great I am. When he looks at me, he sees the nail-scarred hands that bought my liberty. I stand redeemed. I stand redeemed. I stand redeemed. I appreciate uh, your pastor's wife playing for us. Got the text early this morning, thanks to Chris Peterson. Used to be in our church, and uh, he let the cat out of the bag, I guess, that we do sing together, and oftentimes we kind of sing, and I go right into preaching, so that's kind of uh, that way at our church home, too, as well, but uh, we're grateful for Chris and Kira and their friendship over the years. Uh, we were sad to see them go. They worked with us in the youth department um, while I was there at uh, Cornerstone the first years and, and so forth, and so grateful for the friendship that we have with them, and really probably one of the reasons why I'm able to be here today uh, to uh, speak to you, and so I'm grateful for the opportunity. It was the uh, first time I'd ever done a men's uh, meeting before, and so I was not knowing what to expect, and I tell you what, it was an easy crowd to preach to, and uh, so receptive and grateful for the opportunity to do that as well, and also grateful to preach here today. And uh, in a, behind a man-sized pulpit here, you know, I like it. And uh, a lot of space to just spread out. And I mean, I would love this, uh, have extra spots to put. I do a lot of illustrations even when I'm preaching um, uh, at home and so forth. And I'd have a lot of spots to hide stuff back here. And uh, so grateful for the opportunity. Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1. I'm going to be looking at a couple different passages today. But I'm going to start in Mark chapter 1, and I trust this will be a help to us. And uh, if you're able to, would you please stand as we read the text together. Mark chapter number 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 40. The Word of God says this, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 40, There came a leper to him, talking about coming to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt... Thou canst make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had thus or he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, 
but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you so much for the truth of the word of God. I pray as we look into it this morning, it would be a help to us that you would challenge us and change us by it. Lord, I can't do anything without your presence and your power. So I, I need it today, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to preach your word. I pray it would come across clearly, that you would loose my tongue, that I would effectively preach what you've laid upon my heart, that it would be a help to us, that it would challenge us and change us by the truth that's found therein. Well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the preach, uh, reading of your word. Now I uh, ask for your help in the preaching of it, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I want to draw your attention to something that really stuck out to me in this passage. I mean, it's a, a grateful passage that here's a man that had leprosy, and the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on the man of God, uh, on this man. I'm so grateful that Jesus has compassion for the lost. Jesus has compassion for your need. I'm grateful for that truth. And so after this man is healed, the Bible says that uh, he went out and he began to blaze abroad the matter. I want to focus in this morning just for a moment on that word blaze. You will find this word only one time in the Bible, and here's what it means. It means to make public far and wide, to send forth or show a bright and expanded light. So when you think about that, here's a man that's been healed. Here's a man that, that has uh, had to be all by himself because of leprosy, maybe in a leprosy, a leprous colony of people, you could say. But here's a man that didn't have the opportunity to have fellowship with his family, friends, and all of that. And now he's been uh, healed of this, and he can't keep it quiet. He begins to tell everyone around. He begins to make it public uh, far and wide. Now, coming from the West, we have a problem in uh, uh, Arizona and also mainly California, but uh, we have a problem with wildfires. Now, here uh, I was talking to your pastor, and he was talking about that they actually start fires on purpose here. Uh, they actually don't do that in Arizona. If they start a fire on purpose, it'll go out of uh, control uh, so fast, especially in the wind, uh, summer winds, sometimes we'll get those coming up in the mountain areas and so forth. And uh, just a cigarette thrown out the window, a spark from a chain, uh, uh, a, trail, a trailer chain can start a fire. And, and before you know it, acres upon acres upon acres of land is, is uh, scorched. You know, we don't have a whole lot of homes that go up in flames in Arizona, but that's happened in California probably read the stories of a few years back of over 70 people that were killed because of the wildfires came up so fast. I mean, I think of that and I think about a, a blaze. You think about something that spread so fast, something that just took, took off. When this man was healed, he began to tell anyone and everyone that he came across that something happened to him. Something happened in his life that changed his life. Now I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter number 3. Now I want you to look at Acts 3 and verse number 1. The Word of God says this, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple in the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, 
whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Now, if you knew anything, these were preachers. They didn't have any money. But, uh, no, I'm joking. You, you can laugh. It's all right. I mean, we're, we're in church. We can have fun. But uh, here's, here's he, he's asking for money. Verse 3. Who seeing Peter and John asked about the temple, asking alms, and Peter fasting his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat at alms of the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which has happened unto him. And as a lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Now here's a lame man that was healed and it was says that he was leaping and praising God for what had been happening in his life. Now if you were a lame person, didn't have the ability to walk and every day you were begging for money because you didn't have the opportunity to get a job, I think you would be excited about the opportunity you have to meet uh, somebody that can heal you. And Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but the, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So everything that Peter and John did, they did it in the name of Jesus. That if you're ever going to do anything for the cause of Christ, it must be in the name of Jesus. And so it was in the name of Jesus that this man was healed. And he rose up and walked, but he held Peter and John. I'm not going to preach this thought this morning, but it's just uh, a simple truth to think about this. That God uses you to be a blessing to someone else and... In turn, they look to you as you were the blessing, but all glory goes to God. But he held Peter and John. You see, he didn't have the opportunity to hold Jesus, but he had an opportunity to hold Peter and John. I, I want to think about this thought. I want people to be able to say, I I'm holding on to you. I'm grateful for your example in my life. You pointed me to Christ. That was Peter and John. Here's a person that has been lame and He's begging for money and he's been healed. And the Bible says he was walking and leaping and praising God because all glory and all praise belongs to God for anything good that happens in our lives. Now turn with me to Luke chapter number 18. Told you we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit because I want to see something that really stuck out to me as I begin to study these passages out. Luke chapter 18 in verse number 35. Luke 18 verse 35. The word of God says this, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. 
And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Now here's a, a blind man that's healed and he praises the Lord, he glorifies God. When he began to cry out the first time, they said, be quiet, don't, don't, don't bother Jesus, but he cried out the more. I'm so glad that Jesus hears our cry. I'm so glad that Jesus comes by when we need him. And here's a blind man that receives his sight. And I'm telling you, if you're without Jesus Christ, you're blind. But the moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, thy faith is what saves you, and now you can actually see. And here's this man that's been healed, and here's this man that's following God and glorifying God. Now turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And look at verse 27. The Word of God says this in John chapter 4 and verse 27. And, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Jesus comes and he speaks to a woman of Samaria. And he, he, uh, the disciples had gone into the city to buy meat. And Jesus was there talking to her and, and offering her living water and all of those things. And in verse 27, the, the disciples marveled that he talked with this woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now I just want to point out again that here's this woman that comes to, uh, to get water. She came for a purpose and she met Jesus there at the well. At Jacob's well and when she met Jesus and she talked with Jesus and she got saved her life was changed the Bible says she then left her water pot you know I love the Bible how specific it is that what she came to do she had forgot all about because when she found Jesus it wasn't about the earthly anymore it was about the, the uh, spiritual it was about the things that hey she found living water she didn't need the earthly things anymore she found Jesus now look at chapter 4 of John in verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. Wow, what a testimony. What a testimony. The Bible says in verse 42, and he said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves that we know this indeed the Christ, the, he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. What a change in this woman's life. You know, I read all these stories today because they are so much alike. There's a lot of similarities to these stories. And I want to point them out real quick before we get into some thoughts of the message. First of all, each had a need that could not be taken care of by self-efforts. Every single one of these stories that, 
They had a need in their life that could not be taken care of by self-efforts. Here's a leper. He had no way to get cleansed, and so he was just going to die either alone or with other lepers until they just died. They didn't have the ability to get healed. A blind man comes to Jesus, and he can't be, he can't be healed. He's, he can't see, and when he finds Jesus, he's healed. Here's a, a, a lame man that's begging for money because he has no way to get a job. He has no ability to do so, and he was healed, and he was leaping and praising God. Here's a woman that comes to Jesus and she's searching for happiness. She's searching for happiness, but she cannot find happiness. She's had five husbands. The one she's with now is not her husband. She's searching for joy. She did not find it until she found Jesus. So each of them had a need that could not be taken care of by self-efforts. Here's another thought that each had a need that was met when they found Jesus. Every single one of them had a need in their life and all of them were met when they found Jesus. But here's where I want to focus in on that each of these didn't have a name. You know, I love to hear of men and women in the Bible that we, took, that we look at that, ha- that took a stand for Jesus Christ. We love the faithful servants of the Lord, but... Honestly, when I, when I read the Word of God and I think of people like Paul and I think of people like Daniel, uh, that Paul stood for the truth and right and Daniel that was, was willing to stand. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that were uh, fiery furnace and we, we tell these stories and we'd say, wow, I, I don't know if I could have that kind of faith. I don't know if I would have that kind of ability in my life. I I don't know if I could ever be that type of person. I could tell you of Ruth and of Job that he lost it all and and yet he still praised God. In all that happened bad to him, he he charged not God foolishly. He said, naked I came into the world, naked I'm going to leave it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know if I could say that if I lost everything. These are all men and women that we love and we all know, but as I was thinking about it this week, there may be so, these are people in the Bible who did great things for God, and yet there are some that are in the Bible that get, did great things for God, and we don't know them apart from the lame man, the leper, the woman at the well, the blind man. They did great things for God. I thought about this truth. I. I may never be a Paul or a David or a Joseph or a Daniel or a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You may be in here and you'd say, I don't know if I could have the faith of Ruth. I don't know if I could have the faith of Esther. I don't know if I could have that kind of impact on that. Hey, I may be a nobody in this world, but I still have a flame. I still have something to share. Here's a man that was healed. Here's a man that was a leper. And he began to blaze abroad the matter of what God has done for him. You and I have a testimony and your testimony is different than my testimony. All of us though have a testimony and that is a flame that we should let let everyone see. I remember walking out of the uh, gas station one time. And I walked out of the gas station and the guy said, you have a light? And I, I was kind of taken back and I was like, uh, what he wanted to do is he wanted a light to light his cigarette. And I said, sorry, no, I don't smoke. And I, oh, okay, sorry, go down. And as I thought about it, I went to the car and I thought, you know, I just missed a great opportunity. 
Because he said, do you have a light? I should have said, yes, I do have a light. It's called this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. You know, you do that in junior church. You know, when somebody says, hey, you need something? Hey, uh, you know, hey, yeah, pick me, pick me. You're putting up that finger. You know, you tell the kids, all right, where's your lights? Where's your lights? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You tell everybody about it. That's the way you, you should have a light. You should have something in your life that should impact someone else. You see, I may not have a place in the history books here on this earth, but I can make a difference for the cause of Christ. And you can make a difference for the cause of Christ. I can set a blaze and tell people of what the Lord has done in my life. Because if you have a testimony, it's your testimony. You see, when something happens great to you, good news is written all over your face. can't help but share what happened. I remember the day that we were working on putting in a brand new water fountain. This was before I was pastoring, and, and uh, the other gentleman and I, we were working on getting in. Our water fountain went out, so we needed to get a new one in, and we had taken it out, and we wanted to get it done before Sunday. And so we had gone to Home Depot to get, because I had to re-plumb uh, the whole thing and all of this. And so I'm doing this, I'm working on that. And, and uh, you know, so this was about the third time now I'm taking a trip to Home Depot. We had an event that day that we were supposed to be to at uh, like three in the afternoon. We had a, um, we had a uh, uh, family picnic that we had scheduled and so forth. And so we're trying to get this done. This is probably like 1030 in the morning on a Saturday and so I'm going, man, i got to go back to Home Depot and get some more parts because that's the way it works. You can never do a job without going to Home Depot three or four times. And so I went this last time, and instead of going through the light, the light had turned red, and so I, I turned to go out the side. And I came around the corner, and I'm the one that w went, uh, well, I took, I'll go get the parts. And I, and I noticed something in the middle of the road. I mean, there's three lanes on this road that I was on, and I was noticed something right in the middle of the road. And I said, that looks like money. It looked like a dollar. So you might say, it's just a buck. I mean, I didn't know that. I just saw that it looked like money. And so I had pulled into Home Depot, and then I had to cross three lanes of traffic on the one side and three <laughs> lanes of traffic on the other side, and it was in the middle lane. And I go over there, and I, it was. It was money. I grabbed it, and I put it in my pocket, and I went over there back to Home Depot, and I got uh, in my vehicle, and I drove up closer to the, the entrance, and... And I began to uh, open up. It was, uh, it was money, and it had a rubber band wrapped around it. It was a blue rubber band. And there was nothing but money inside. And so ones, then it went to fives, and then it went to twenties, and then a couple of fifties, and a hundred, and found $390 in the middle of the road. You know, I didn't have any problem telling anybody at the... Uh, at the uh, picnic that day, hey, guess what I found today? Guess what I found today? Guess what I found today? And here's how awesome God is. That day, I was upset because I'm working on this water fountain because I had to try to go get, we had a lot of kids and so we needed bunk beds. I was going to pick up bunk beds and I really didn't have the money, but they were such a good deal at $350. I went to go get them, and so here I am. I go to Home Depot, and I'm upset because I'm at Home Depot, and God just drops $390. After you tithe off the 390 guess what you have left? 
a little over 350 so not only did he pay for the bed but he also paid for the gas to get there and i'm thinking that's god here i am complaining about going to home depot the third time and somebody says well didn't you try to find the owner where are you going to find the owner of 390 dollars hold cold hard cash in the middle of a busy street right I said, God, God was the owner. He gave it to me. I wasn't, I wasn't upset at all. You know, I had no problem going to the party that week or going to, the, the, uh, going to everybody that I went to. And you know, they're like, only you, only you. Why can't that happen to me? So what they kept saying. I'm like, I, I don't know, but it was awesome. It's all grand and exciting, but it doesn't even come close to the day I found Jesus Christ. You know, I probably wouldn't have any problem telling that story to anybody I met. If they told me a story of how that they did something or all that, I, I, I don't have any problem telling that, but isn't it true that we're almost scared at times to tell others about what Jesus did in our life? That day that I found myself telling just about everyone I knew, but what I do, what do I do when it comes to the Lord? This morning I want us to consider this thought. A no-name with a flame. A no-name with a flame. I want you to see this morning that all of these stories follow the same basic storyline. And you and I can fall right into line with these stories as well. First of all, I want you to think about it, that all of these had a disease. Every single one of these. Now, we're not going to maybe go to every account. I just trust that we understand the stories that all of them had a disease. One was a leper, one was a lame man, one was a blind man. You'd say, well, the woman at the well, she didn't have a disease. She had a very serious disease. It was called a sin condition. All of these people that were mentioned had a problem in their life that they could not take care of on their own. The leper in Mark chapter 1 had to stay away from people, had no hope of a cure. The leper in that day pretty much had to live in a cave or alone with the other lepers or die a slow, painful death. We read in Acts chapter 3 that there was a lame man that lay daily at the temple, 40 years of age, to ask alms of people that went. For 40 years he's in this condition. This lame man had a ter terrible disease that could not be corrected. And now he's got to beg for money to stay alive. What a terrible way to live. In Luke's account, when we read about the blind man who heard Jesus was passing by, he wanted to be healed. He desired to have his sight more than anything. What a terrible tragedy it would be if you could not see. One of the things we've enjoyed while being here, we got to go to the Global Independent Baptist Fellowship meeting uh, last week and, and uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were there in Indianapolis and I'd never been in Indianapolis. And then uh, we got to come to Kansas and parts of Kansas we hadn't seen. I had been to Wichita and uh, that area and just seeing different beautiful country, looking all around, asking questions. What are those on the trees? And he said, those are apples. And I said, what kind of apples? I forget what kind he told me. Hedge apples. And uh, I thought, are those edible apples? He said, no, they're pretty much just throw them at people and so forth. <laughs> But uh, I said, okay, sounds like a fun, fun game to me. But uh, seeing things that I had never seen before and country that I had never seen before, you, you see the sunrise and you see the sunsets and you kind of take that for granted, uh, the goodness of God in giving you your vision. That is until maybe one day it's not there. Here's a man who had a desire to see more than anything. 
When we read about the woman at the well, like I said, she had five husbands. The one that she was with was not her husband. She was in need of a savior. You know, all of us in this room have a sin problem. There may be in here with some terrible disease. Seems like this year in our church, just one right after another, our pastor's uh, previous pastor's wife came down with cancer. Our different um, people in our church, uh, different Filipinos, uh, one that had to have, uh, uh, you know, a thyroid removed and, and uh, her neck, she's got a scar from here all the way to the middle and, and uh, she had to go through uh, radiation and complete isolation for a whole week in a room all by herself and yet through it all she's saying, praise God, God is good. Some may have cancer, some may be losing sight or hearing, but all have a sin problem and the Bible says that everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of these had a disease. They all had a terrible disease, and you and I have a terrible disease without Jesus Christ. So all of them had a disease. Secondly, they all had a desire. They all had a desire to be healed. The blind man wanted to see. The woman wanted living water. The lame man desired to walk. The leper desired to be clean. You know, the world that is lost in sin and they don't even realize that they need cleansing, but they have a desire for happiness. They search for it all over the place. They search for it in another wife or another husband, in another job, in another thing, and they're searching. They're, they're constantly going through life trying to find happiness, and they'll never find it without Jesus Christ. See, if you're here this morning and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will never find happiness without Him. True joy. See, because Jesus said, I am come to give them life and that they might have it more abundant. Life is when you find Jesus. More abundant is when you give everything over to Jesus. You must desire the cleaning of the shed blood of Christ. He will not force it upon you. You see, when he told these, these different individuals, wilt thou be clean? If you would have asked me, I would have given you living water to the woman at the well. You see, she had to desire it. She had to want it. She had to accept God's free gift of salvation. What do you want God to do for you? Do you have a desire that Jesus would do something for you? After salvation, he's not stopped giving you your desires. It's not like, okay, I've given you salvation. If that's all we got, it would be enough. It would be more than enough. It would be greater than we deserve. But God is such a gracious and loving God that he doesn't want to stop there. He wants to give you even more. So they all had a disease, but they all had a desire. You see, I don't just need the Lord for salvation. I need him every day of my life. It's no wonder the fire has gone out in our churches today. People stop praying for the power of God in their lives. Too many Christians' lamps are going dim. I ask you again, would you want to be set ablaze for the cause of Christ to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven? All had a disease, all had a desire. By the way, all of them had a deliverer. His name was Jesus. Going back to Mark... Chapter number 1. I want you to see this. Mark chapter 1.
Mark chapter 1, and verse number 40, the Bible says this. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. You know what he was saying? Lord, I know you can do it, but I'm asking you if you'll do it for me. You know, I love the two words, I will. That's Jesus' response. You know that every person that comes to Jesus in need of salvation, if you come to him with a heart of desire to have Jesus, he's not going to say, no, you've done too much. No, you're too wicked. Your sin's too great. He says these words, I will. I'm so grateful for that truth. And you know, when, when we ask Jesus for help, when we ask God for help in our lives, when we come to him, Lord, will you help me? I will. Sometimes that help comes in no. Sometimes that help comes in wait. Sometimes that help comes in yes, I will. You see, a lot of times we want what we want, but God knows exactly what we need. And he'll give us what we need. And here's what this man wanted. And God also gave him what he needed. And he said, I will. You know, one of the worst sins in our churches today is unbelief. How many people will die and spend eternity in hell because of unbelief? But how many Christians never get prayer answered because of unbelief? Well, my sin is too great. My problem is too big. I think we limit God in our churches because we think he won't answer my prayer. Oh, he does it for them. Oh, he'll do it for them. I mean, I I get people all the time that'll say, Pastor, you need to pray for this. Like I have some special potion to to make things happen. You can come to Christ just as boldly as I can come to Christ. You have have the ability to go to Him. And I'm all for praying for people. I do pray for people. But ultimately, if you don't believe God, I don't know if God's going to answer your prayer or somebody else's prayer on your behalf. Matthew 21, 22 says this, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask, In prayer, believing, ye shall receive. May I remind you that we serve a God that's not moved by what government does. (laughs) He's not concerned with who's in the office. (laughs) We serve a God that doesn't rely on doctors or physicians. We serve a God that's rich. We serve a God that has the answers to all of life's questions. And the answers to all of life's questions is found in Jesus He's our deliverer. See, all of these had a disease. They were sick. All had a desire for the healing of Jesus. All had a deliverer. His name is Christ. But I want us to see finally this morning that all had a duty to go and tell others. So you may not have all the lingo down just right. You may not even know all what the Bible says. But we used to have a young man that would come to our church. He was, he was involved in a motorcycle accident at, I believe, like 30-something years of age. And because of that, he had brain damage. But every week, like clockwork, he wanted to come to door knocking, and he wanted to come to services. So anytime we had an event on a Saturday, he'd call me up and be like, I'm going to door knocking, door knocking, door knocking, I'm going door knocking. And I'd say, no, we're, it's, it's, it's moved to next week because we have a wedding this week. Oh, door, door, door knocking, door knocking. And he was upset that he couldn't do his routine. 
And every time Eric would come to, 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 to door knocking, he would, he would go to a door and he'd say, you come. He'd say, well, that's it. That's it. Well, stumble up to a door, you come. I don't want it. You come. N- no, thank you. You come. <laughs> you, you're not getting away with, with it. Eric's going to make sure you got your information. And he'd be like, he's just had this routine. He wanted to do it. You know, laugh about the situation and so forth. He really only came for the donuts. But... Um, <laughs> No, he really, he did want to go out every week. Every week, every week, I'm going out, I'm going out. And we'd say, can God really use that? Better believe he can. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9 says this, But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. You see, if you have a fire in your heart, if you have something that God does in your life, you want to tell somebody else about it. I could just imagine all four of these, how they went around telling people of what God did in their lives. Here's a blind man that can see. Here's a, here's a person that can walk. Here's a woman who uh, uh, has a, a cure in her life, and she goes and tells, by the way, she goes to the men of the city, in John chapter 4. See, it ought to thrill your soul to know that the Lord has changed your life forever. We would all have different stories of how the Lord came into our life, but we have one thing in common if you're here this morning on your way to heaven. It's only because of Jesus. Can I ask you who knows about the change in your life? The Bible says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Started with that, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And then what's the next verse? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, see what happens is a Christian's light. You're saved, you always have a light. But it's your opportunity and your desire to set a blaze and let the church know and let the people all around you know and let your neighbors know and let everyone else know that I do have a light. I do have something that did, God did in my life. I may never be a Paul. I may never be a Joseph or a David, but I can be a no-name with a flame. I can be a leper, a blind man. I can be a... Uh, uh, a person that was in sin and be healed and tell others about it. When uh, I want to close with this thought, there was a, we had these bushes that we had redone some landscaping at the, the church and, and so forth. And then all of a sudden one summer, I'm looking outside and I see the, what's called a yucca plant. You guys have yucca around here? And so we had this yucca, and there's different forms of yucca and all of that, but once yucca reaches a certain age, a plant lives between 10 to 20 years. And once that plant grows big, and it kind of has these uh, long uh, octopus plant, people call them too in Phoenix, and they have these long arms on them, and then they're pointing on the end. And I heard it was called a yucca because as an Indian would hit it at their leg, they would yell, yucca, instead of like, ouch. 
Okay, so it was called a yucca plant. That's, that's what I heard, at least. You, that, that's not quoting, okay? I don't know 100% on that. But I do know this. I walked outside in all of these plants. We had two of them. We had like six of them on their property, but two of them began to grow these big stalks right out of the center of them. And in Phoenix, they can reach like 30 feet high. So you have this plant that's sitting down on the ground and this stalk that goes up like 30 feet high. And it, when it reaches to this point, the guy, I asked our landscaper, I said, do they, I don't remember them doing this. He goes, it's about to die. And I said, what do you mean? He said that plant literally gives up its life to produce that middle stalk because when that middle stalk would come up, all of these little bright yellow flowers would get on it. And you'd see all these bees coming to it and, and uh, pollinating those and everything. And then the wind comes by and takes those little flowers and puts them all over the place. And it puts them all over the desert. And it puts them, you just wonder why you go out in the middle of the desert. How do all these get there? Because a plant reaches maturity, begins to grow a stalk, and it literally gives up its life to reproduce itself. When my gardener told me that, I thought, what a greater example in front of a church building, right there. That you and I should mature so much in our life that we would live to grow, to let our light so shine and spread the seeds and give up our life to reproduce ourselves. Because if you don't reproduce yourself, there's not another plant to then reproduce itself. You see, if Christians don't reproduce Christians, then you don't have a church in 20 and 30 and 40 years. You read in the Bible, there arose another generation that knew not the works of the Lord. Why did they not renew or knew, know the works of the Lord? Because the other generation was not taught from their fathers and other people about what God had already done. So if you don't tell somebody of what God has done in your life, and I don't tell somebody about what God's done in my life, then we're not going to reproduce ourselves. You ought to reproduce yourselves in your family, in this church, in the community, and say, I want to have somebody else that I can pour my life into, all my energy. I'm going to literally give up my life so that somebody else will be here when I leave. Now, when you give to this ministry, you give to missions, you give to the cause of Christ, and you go and you pray. I've had uh, different ladies in our church and one was, her name was Joe Mauser. Joe Mauser passed away just over about two years ago. Joe Mauser liked two things. She liked it when I sang and held my uh, wife's hand. She said, don't ever stop doing that. And she liked my socks. I always wear usually like loud colored socks and she would always smile when I'd sit on the on the platform, and she would put pairs of socks in the, uh, I knew it was her, but she never put a name on it. She would just put a pair of socks, a crazy socks, in the uh, information center for her pastor. And uh, so she liked those two things, and she liked preaching, but you know what? She'd always say, I can't do anything. I don't have the energy to come out every week. But you know, every Sunday she'd say, it's going to be a good one because I prayed for you last night. Let me see your socks. <laughs> she would say, you're not wearing 
you're not wearing your happy socks today. <laughs> but I always knew, here's a woman. She may not be able to run around and <laughs> set the world on blaze, but you know what she can do? She can pray. She can be a light to all those around her. As I thought about people like that, I don't know what you can do in the church, but everyone can let their light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You have a heavenly Father. You have someone that you can reach. You have someone that you can tell your testimony to. I may be a no-name, but I still have a flame. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, we didn't talk about that verse. Don't let Satan blow it out. Doctrinally, that's not impossible. But we understand what that verse is saying. We hide it so much that it's like it's not even there. I would trust and pray that we would desire to have the will of God in our life, that we'd be pleasing to Him in every area of our life. I'll stand at this time, and I'm going to have a word of prayer turn it over to your pastor. Maybe the Lord's done something in your life. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I, the song that's going to be sung or played is, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. Can you say that in your life? Lord, I do thank you so much for the opportunity to preach the truth of the Word of God. Thank you for a good listening church, a church that loves the preaching, obviously, of the Word of God. And Lord, I know they get it every week here. Lord, maybe these reminders to us would just be a reminder that I do have a flame. I do have a light. And I pray that I would shine my light so that the world would see. Lord, I may not have the ability of someone else, but I have a light you've given me. My light may not be as bright as someone else or seem to be, but Lord, I can live my life in such a way to give up my life and reproduce myself for the cause of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this time of invitation. Use it for your honor and glory, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord's book to your heart. Lord's book to your heart. Would you tell us? Foster is going to lead us and have thine own way. If God's spoken to your heart, we encourage you to follow his leading. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the
blessing to have you come and watch today, and uh, sure appreciate you being here. I have to, I want to acknowledge a couple of things. If you could have a seat for just a minute. I want to start, um, I need, Ralph, I need you and Miss Mary to come in. I want to start with Brother Chuck. Would you come up here? Chuck's got a milestone birthday coming up. He's going to be 30. 30 next Friday. I know he's getting old. He can't even see old from 30. But uh, anyhow, Chuck's going to be 30 on Friday. We love you. Glad you're here on staff. Praise the Lord. Amen. You notice how I run up and down these steps, don't you? All right, Ralph and Mary, would you guys come on up? Uh, the Morfords um, were here when I came, and they've been here a long time. And uh, they actually ended up coming to church. If you ask them the story, they were driving down the road. They'd been trying different churches. You know, if you have to go church shopping, it's one of the hardest things in the world, finding that place. And they saw a van, and it had uh, Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. So they went, and uh, there was a young couple there, um, James and Vicki Moeller, and they fell in love with them and the church, and they've just been here ever since. It's like you couldn't run them off. They're going to have to move away. That's what it's going to take. But... Um, Mary is uh, always taking care of the nursery. 30 plus years we've been here. Didn't worry about it. Mary had it. Going to be taken care of. And Brother Ralph, he mowed the grass. I got pastor friends that that's part of what they have to do. Man, I'm glad I, I don't have to mow the grass. First of all, I got hay fever, and it's, a, it's just a mess. And so I'm glad I don't have to mow the grass. In the early days, um, back in the old building, um, we, we had six classrooms downstairs, and they were all full of junk. I mean junk. And so we would load that junk into my truck. I'd haul it to work, and I'd throw it in the dumpster at work and, until we got it all cleaned out. And then we'd start remodeling. Uh, little bits and pieces, and Brother Ralph was always there. He and Mary and Ralph would come, and it'd be many times just he and I working, doing remodeling around that old building. I think we remodeled almost all of it, it seemed like. And what we didn't remodel, then we had others help us, but it was just always there. He and I loved to cut down trees. My wife said, you and Ralph need to quit cutting down trees. But we always had a good reason. Like, I, I kind of look at trees like, that one needs to go, and that one needs to go, and that one needs to go. And uh, there was one that was just right outside the door, this big, big, massive tree. And I thought, boy, that thing's going to be really cool when it falls. It's just going to make this great mess. Uh, but part of it was dead. And so I knew the inside had to be dead. And so Ralph and I just took it on ourselves to remove it. 
And boy, did I catch fire over that, Brother Ralph. But anyhow, <laughs> Brother Ralph's just always there uh, to be a help. Doesn't sing in the choir. Didn't teach Sunday school class. Just good, faithful people. So we're going to miss you. I want you to know that. We've got a card. It's got a couple of gift cards. Um, one of them's the Walmart, because you're going to need junk for the house, right? Oh, you got plenty of junk, but you, you'll need some new junk. <laughs> and then there's a gift card to go out and eat. And we just want you to know we love you, and we're going to miss you, and we're going to pray for you as you go. And then um, we're fixing to have uh, a themed lunch, which is actually going to be breakfast, which is one of my favorites. And so we'd encourage you to stay, and at the close of that, we got a cake. Okay, in your honor. So um, I'm going to have them stay right down here. And I'd like for you to be able to come by and shake their hands. Let them know that you're going to be praying for them as they make this transition uh, to South Carolina. And then guys and ladies, Thursday night, we need to load all their junk into a truck. I'm sorry, I keep calling it junk. I look at the stuff in my house, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's just like, the things we attach ourselves to as stuff. And when we go to heaven, we're not taking it with us. But anyhow, we need to be there helping Thursday night. We'll need ladies to help clean. Uh, some of you want to get together and, and get some food together. That'd be a great blessing. And guys, just come ready to help move their stuff and get it loaded. And we'll make quick work of it and be a blessing to them as they've been to us. Um, I would like to close with having a word of prayer with you guys. And then, um, Brother Christmas, Kara, why don't you guys take the Roys back and stand with them. And you go by and let the Roys know how much you enjoyed having them. And he's going to preach this afternoon. So after you eat and after we have cake, we'll come back in and he'll preach for us again. And it's such a blessing to have them. Let's go ahead and stand. I'm going to pray over the Morfords and you can come by and let them know how much you appreciate them. Lord, we love you. And we thank you so much for your great love for us. Thank you to know that heaven's our eternal home. We thank you for faithful people. Don't have to be a big flash, don't have to do a lot, just be faithful. Just to let their light shine, to let others see the good news of Jesus Christ living in and through them. We ask that you'd go before the Morfords as they move. We pray, first of all, you'd give them traveling mercies, everything would go well. As they bought that new home, Lord, that uh, you would just help them to be able to settle in. And, uh, Lord, you'd help them find a good church to be a part of, that they might continue to serve you with the rest of their lives. Thank you for their friendship and uh, all these years, their faithfulness to you. And we thank you for our bond in Jesus Christ. To know that as we pass through this world, we've got a better place to go to. And we're going to get to spend all of eternity there just worshiping and serving you. Thank you for your goodness and your love. We ask these things in your name. Amen. God bless you.